the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. I've titled today's episode, The Silent Struggle, Why Police Hesitate to Seek Mental Health Support. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I am friends with somebody from the company Hashtag Buddy Check. If you haven't checked them out, they're all over the place on social media, especially in the realm of first responders. And he was talking about how... There's so many first responders, I'm going to target police officers in today's episode, who do not reach out for psychotherapy, mental health, even just like a friend to talk to when they need it. And he was asking the question about like, why does this exist in the culture of law enforcement? And I gave him the longest list, I think he probably didn't even read through the entire thing of all of the pushback and the complaints that I see in the community of law enforcement when it comes to this. And I think that the reality is that the job of a police officer exposes you to so many intense and oftentimes, Clint, you can attest to this, traumatic situations. And yet there's still this sort of prevailing, prevailing, prevailing (laughs) culture (laughs) that exists where everybody seems to be silent. And because everybody is silent, I think that's the reason why so many people are stopped from seeking out the support that they desperately need when it comes to being able to just talk to somebody. Yeah, it's it's something that there's a stigma associated to it and and no one wants to be that that guy or girl who goes forward and and starts talking about something because there's a fear of retaliation. There's a fear of losing your job. There's a fear of judgment being placed upon you. Yeah, and I think, too, that there's this notion that being vulnerable means that you're weak. And I think in many professions, displaying any kind of negative emotion or um, just worry or fear or stress or even just admitting to struggling mentally, it can be viewed as this sort of lack of resilience or a lack of capability. And I know that for police officers, this sort of profession can be incredibly magnified. And, you know, Clint, as an officer, you're expected to be literally like the bedrock of tumultuous circumstances and um, just this sort of demanding force of calm all of the time. Yeah, and and that's a huge, it's a huge burden that, that officers take upon their shoulders on a regular basis. And that's why when you see on a regular basis, I mean, taking suicide or taking the depression side out of it completely, you see officers almost snap and, and they, they have high amounts of stress and they, they turn into an angry person and, and they don't address a situation as they typically would because they almost had that trigger that implements. Yeah. And so here is the problem. I read something that was so powerful that relates to this directly. And it had said that there is strength in vulnerability, but being vulnerable around the wrong person is like bleeding in front of a shark. And what hit me with that was thinking about how many complaints and the pushback that I've gotten from a lot of people telling me 
it's not me that's the problem. It's not that I'm unwilling. It's not that I don't want to be forthcoming about the way that I feel as a police officer. The problem is my admin. The problem is I've seen time and time again that this whole have your six sort of mantra completely goes out the window when that locker room talk comes in. HIPAA completely goes out the window. I have the fear of retaliation. And I know that there is this sort of high school rhetoric that exists in every department. And it doesn't matter how high up I go to voice my my angst, my complaint, my worry, my need, the thing that is bothering me. I am worried because I have seen it happen before where admin up there talks to XYZ down there. And that trickles throughout the entire department to where when I say, you know what, I'm at my limit and I need some some help turns into, oh, that guy's really fucked up or that guy said he's going to kill himself or like all of the things that probably aren't true. That's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just it's such a horrible situation. And uh, not only that is promotions or trying to get into details. Like if you say anything, like there's repercussions involved with it, especially if you and I are putting in for that same spot and you're talking about the hardships you've gone through, that person is going to use it against you to try to get that leg up on you. Yeah. And another thing exists here too. And when, when we take the family dynamic into play for law enforcement, there is naturally this culture that exists. And we talk about that a lot on this show about how I think it's such an unhealthy thing to mold yourself and to label yourself into this thin blue line culture all of the time. It's not who you are. It takes a lot of maturity, I think, to come out of that. And, you know, Clint, we recorded an episode last, last week and after we stopped it, you said, you know what, there's a, a partner I have, somebody I know too, we, we've hung out. And you said that he used to be all into it, that thin blue line, everything life. And it wasn't until he found himself a, a female um, that he's getting married to that you said that you have seen this dramatic shift to where Instead of the, oh, I need all this overtime, I need to live in the gym at the department, I need to be here all of the time, I need to show face. Now he he's like you, like he wants to get home and he wants to actually enjoy his real life, right, outside of the workplace. And I think a lot of people don't have that, unfortunately. I don't think that. I, I know that to be true because that's a majority of the, the messages and the emails and things that I receive on a constant basis. And in addition to that, When you don't have a natural outlet, when you don't have a natural flow of conversation, a decompression method within your family unit, and a lot of officers don't have that, and and that's okay. So when you don't have that decompression method at all, then if you were to randomly five years into the job, 10 years into the job, come to your spouse or come to your best friend or come to your parent, anybody outside of the workplace and say, hey, you know that I have something going on with my mental health. Um, something happened to me, right? It's not what's wrong with you. That that's also a a big problem. We need to shift that question from what's what's wrong with you to what happened to you. You know that opens up a completely different conversation. So then it might blindside the person who is on the receiving end of you having that conversation with them if you're not used to it. And then all of a sudden there's something that could be quite alarming. Oh yeah, it's something that. It's knowing how to 
listen to that person and share that space with them. And, and that's the, the biggest thing that I think everybody wants is just someone to talk to and share that space without fear of repercussions or fear of judgment. Yeah. And and so the question becomes, how do we do that? Right. If you're listening to this and you find that you yourself are in that position where you've maybe been biting your tongue and wanting to, to share something or to have an open dialect with somebody or to just begin the process of trying to, um, have some release of these feelings that have been going on probably for years, then the question would, would be, how do we have those conversations? And I think it's all about the framework, right? I'm all about prep work with everything when it comes to having conversations. And a big part of that is because I want to set myself up for success and I want to cover all my bases before I even, um, I don't want to have to worry about trying to backtrack when I have conversations like these that are sensitive. So Clint, you, you know, you, you can attest to this. There have been many times where it's like I'm, I've already packaged everything and I've given it to you. And then it takes a lot of contemplation and time to be able to sift through the conversation after because we don't have to try to figure things out. It's just let's get to the brass tacks of things. So in a conversation like this, presenting the information to somebody or deciding that now's your time, right? Now you're ready to just have somebody is to choose that person. Choose that person that they have they have been somebody who has demonstrated the fact that they are not that shark. You do not have fear of bleeding in front of them, right? If you don't have that person, you could come into my Facebook group. You could send me a direct message. You can reach out to a million. There are so many organizations and individuals who are willing to hold that space for you that I can guarantee um, will never, will never show that one day their face really is that of a shark. And then pre-framing it in a way to where you're saying something along the lines of, I don't plan to harm myself. And of course, if you, you are having those sort of thoughts, there are many other resources that you could be directed to without um, the fear. But for the sake of this conversation, let's say that that's not you, but you know that you're getting to a point where you just can't take things mentally anymore and you need an outlet. It's securing the conversation by, by telling the other individual you know, I'm, I'm not in a need for immediate psychiatric care at this moment, but I do need somebody just to talk to. My fear and the reason why I haven't talked to anybody in the past five or 10 years about this is because I don't want to be judged. I don't want somebody to sit there and drill me on all of the questions. And what I'm asking of you is to just simply hold space for me and let me talk. Can you be that person? And if that person can't commit to that, whether it's your spouse, your best friend, your parent, somebody that you work with, then there are a million other people that you could turn to instead. Yeah, it's so important just to find that person to be able to offload onto them. And, and it's not that you're just passing the buck to them. It's just you're sharing that experience. You're sharing that emotion, those feelings, and in a safe space to where you don't have to worry about it. And it does not make you any less of a man or less of a woman. It, it makes you... Pro- a stronger person, an individual altogether. Yeah. I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.